You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. Operation Duststorm kicks up a ruckus in Japan's critical infrastructure. The Lazarus Group, said to be working on behalf of North Korea, is described by an industry consortium working as Operation Blockbuster. Malware is increasingly industrialized and professionalized. Apple returns the FBI's serve, releasing a list of other requests pending under the All Writs Act. Venture capital may be getting tighter and acquisitions more attractive. And finally, parents, your kid's smartphone isn't just a price of your library card. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Wednesday, February 24th, 2016. Some news on major threat actors breaks today. Silence reports that Operation Duststorm, a multi-year complex campaign, is systematically pursuing data from electric utility, oil and gas, finance, transportation, and construction companies. The point of entry is Japan, but the companies targeted have operations or connections that extend throughout Europe, Asia, and North America. Following its normal caution about attribution, Silence says indications are that the actor is a nation-state, but it explicitly declines to name one. Silence has told us on more than one occasion that it believes attribution is difficult, that evidence is too easily spoofed, and that there's a hasty rush to judgment, and that, after all, attribution is best left to people who, quote, wear badges and carry guns, end quote, that is, to law enforcement authorities. Their commendable reticence, of course, hasn't stopped general speculation about China and North Korea as the usual suspects. Some of the more interesting features of Operation Duststorm include its complex attack modes. Spear phishing, water holes, back doors, and zero days have all been used to compromise corporate networks and Android devices, and its use of attack code that appears to have been customized to particular targets. You can find details at Silance.com. Such customization is not confined to Operation Duststorm either. WebRoot, in its 2016 threat brief, concludes that malware's increased tailoring to specific endpoints is now effectively, quote, rendering signature-based security virtually useless, end quote. The other big threat actor news comes from the industry consortium that's been working on the so-called Lazarus Group, led by Novetta with participation from Symantec, Kaspersky, AlienVault, Invincia, ThreatConnect, Velexity, and Punch Cyber. Operation Blockbuster has published its results. The researchers find that the Lazarus Group has been active in cyber espionage since 2009 and that it participated in the Sony hack of November 2014. They trace the group to North Korea, no reticence here, and cite reused code and common passwords among the principal pieces of evidence. 
Much malware is now being open-sourced in criminal markets, various precincts of the dark web functioning effectively as an R&D shop for cyber gangs. The same collaboration and intelligence sharing that benefits legitimate work like that done by Operation Blockbuster can also be turned to illicit purposes. BAE's head of cyber threat intelligence sees an increasing professionalization of cybercrime, with malware production becoming industrialized. The CyberWire spoke briefly with Lucif Caroni, senior threat analyst with Deloitte Cyber Risk Services, who described how crimeware and botnets are now being offered on an as-a-service basis. We can see, at least at Deloitte, we can see two big uh, groups. Uh, one is a group of very professional, dedicated criminals who owns what they do, meaning they own the malware itself, malware that are not sold uh, on forums to anyone. And then you have another group where uh, you have this set of criminals creating malware and selling the toolkit to other users in forums. But at the same time, they are also using it for themselves. And then you have the third set of people who are just the users, people buying toolkits and services around. So at the end of the day, if you have uh, the means, you can have your whole botnet set up without any intervention from you. I don't think we talk enough about it and about this new community coming into this business. We already know the ones that are into this business for a long time. The scary part is the ones coming because there are so many and it's so open. There are so many services that are not necessarily expensive that for a few hundred bucks, you can have a botnet set up and running probably even for less. An ESET-sponsored study in the UK suggests that the average age at which children first get their smartphone, and with the ability to surf and download pretty freely, is 10. Parents, it seems, are coming to regard a phone as a more expensive library card. That it's more than a library card and probably deserves to be managed with considerably more circumspection may be seen in the continuing story of You Know Kids, a firm that offers online child safety monitoring. You Know Kids has accused MacKeeper researcher Chris Vickery with breaching its networks. Vickery says he found an exposed database and that You Know Kids security is at fault. In any case, some 1,700 kids' data seem caught in the middle. In patch news, Microsoft updates its EMET security software, and the old familiar Drupal 6 content management framework reaches the end of its life today. It will no longer be patched or upgraded. In industry news, some analysts see a slowdown in the rate at which venture capital is flowing into cybersecurity startups. The immediate effects of the slowdown are being seen in startups cutting operating budgets and in a spike of M&A interest. There is indeed a spike in M&A news and rumor this week. BlackBerry has brought British cybersecurity consultancy Encryption, and Thycotic is reported to have picked up Windows endpoint security and application control software shop Aurelia. The biggest news in this area, however, is still in the realm of rumor. IBM is thought to be about to buy Resilient for a reported $100 million. Resilient is best known as the corporate home of security guru Bruce Schneier. In the U.S., the standoff between Apple and the FBI continues, with Apple getting in the latest volleys in their public exchange. The company's lawyers have released a list of 12 devices for which Apple has received requests for assistance under the All Writs Act, which suggests that there may be more at stake here in terms of precedent than the Justice Department has been wont to indicate. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. 
It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Joining me is John Petrick, editor of the CyberWire. John, it seems like we're seeing more and more stories that are sort of wrapped around social media and how that affects information ops. We certainly are. One of the things that's been striking about ISIS has been that it is not so much operated on a traditional command and control model where people are being formally tasked and given orders and so on and so forth, but rather it's been organized on a cellular basis and it's relied on inspiration. So this is concerning people and this is the kind of thing that people are groping for an answer to. And this leads us to Twitter. Twitter's taken some heat lately for how they've handled removing accounts. Right. Uh, For one thing, Twitter is uh, one of the companies that's been asked by the government in the government's general push to help us do something about the ISIS narrative, about extremist narratives. And so Twitter has been blocking accounts that are associated with ISIS. In fact, there was some news earlier this week that actually came out of the uh, program at uh, George Washington University, the program on extremism. That said that Twitter had uh, successfully suspended about 125,000 accounts linked to terrorists. So what Twitter is interested in doing is, is, is shutting down what it takes to be certain kinds of obnoxious behavior. And so it formed, uh, and the name of this has been unfortunately received by people, what it calls a trust and safety council, in which it's assembled a group of various activists, stakeholders, and so on and so forth, and they've assembled that earlier this month, to go through and look for accounts that are abusive. So the complaint and the stick that Twitter is getting from the blogosphere generally is that it seems that the members of the uh, Trust and Safety Council are probably disproportionately going after ideological disagreement at least as much as they're going after things that any fair-minded person would recognize as trolling or threats of violence and so forth. Is there a sense that Twitter is, is having any success in eliminating these accounts? Is it making a difference? Well, I mean, uh, the George Washington University program thinks that they did a good job in getting rid of those 100,000-plus accounts that were associated with ISIS. And uh, George Washington has also said publicly that uh, 
they think that there are fewer accounts and there's less of this kind of inspiration traffic coming out of Syria. On the other hand, there were two groups in Baghdad that just swore allegiance to the uh, local affiliate of al-Qaeda. Where was this announced? In the al-Qaeda official Twitter feed. And that doesn't mean that Twitter is ill-willed or incompetent or that it's been subverted. It just shows that this is not an easy task. John Petrick, thanks for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI.